3: today the first day back for just about everyone returning to work thanks to all who filled in for myself and Ray Ratto last week Happy New Year Ray You ready? Oh god no Man, we got a lot to get into today, obviously. Uh, A double overtime win for the Warriors over the Hawks last night was about as thrilling of a game that's been played at Chase Center in any regular season that Chase Center's been open. Uh, A overtime win for the 49ers on New Year's Day certainly needs an awful lot of uh, thumbing through and recapping. Spectacularly entertaining football game, and that's because the Raiders, I mean, they gave the 49ers more than they wanted and it actually, I think, was a great thing for the 49ers, Brock Purdy specifically, to have to go through to win a game left-handed when you're not on your, your best, when you're off schedule for an entire afternoon to still come out and win it. That's a good thing for the 49ers, a good early test. And, I mean, the one seed is possibly out there for them. But let's start with the scariest thing we've ever seen on the football field. Because that's what we saw last night. I mean, it was nothing short of the scariest situation most sports fans have ever sat through, live on their own couch watching a game, when a true life or death situation breaks out. We have seen horrific injuries, you know, that have ranged from everything from hard to look at broken bones to possibly paralyzed human beings. We have seen all of it. We haven't quite seen anything like what we saw last night, right? That was that that was an extraordinary moment, I think, for an awful lot of people watching. Certainly an extraordinary moment for the teams involved. Obviously, it's an extraordinary moment for DeMar Hamlin, who needed CPR and is still in critical condition as we wait for any updates as to his Improvement, whatever, we can only hope that uh, the incredibly talented doctors that are around him are what he needs to pull through this. But that was, look, we, we, we've been talking about running out of things that we haven't seen before in sports. We, we, we haven't seen anything like that on an NFL football field really in our
2: lifetimes. No, uh, it was both horrifying and riveting simultaneously because you couldn't take yourself away from it. I mean, you're watching the most elemental sort of life v death it's not a struggle that's that's make, making it way too melodramatic but that's what you're looking at when you see not just players reacting to that but the fact that you know medical staffs from both teams racing out at once when you see an ambulance come out you know that something extraordinary is happening. And the fact that everybody gathered around so that the cameras couldn't get in is another indication that a there were that many people concerned and b that this was a moment in front of 70,000 people that they desperately wanted to keep private because it is it's the most elemental crisis you can imagine. So, yeah, it was it was an extraordinary thing. And the fact that it took as long as it did just to get him stable enough to put him in the ambulance told you how serious it was. How quickly could
3: you return to work? If you thought you had just seen a co worker
2: die? Depends on the worker.
3: <laughs> no, I appreciate I mean, no, I look, I appreciate moments of levity, it's how we get through yeah, things. No, I,
2: I don't know. I d I don't know that I'd keep on the job. Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't wasn't just asking you. I was kind of asking the
3: audience in general because there's, when we saw it flare up last night, a whole bunch of people who think that there's nobility in the tough guy crowd that says, you know, scrape them off the field, keep on
2: going, that's what football is. then you also had people along the same vein who you said, well, what about my entertainment? Yeah. I sat down for a game. Where's my game? What about my three-team parlay? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you know what? You know what? made me think that people did well last night is the fact that in a game with that much charged emotion between two teams playing for you know a lot playoffs yeah I mean a lot football wise the fans were quiet almost immediately stayed that way and then you heard anecdotal stories about Bills fans and Bengals fans walking together to the to the hospital. And the one thing about Bills fans, as lunatic as they are and as, you know, drunk as they can get and as many picnic tables as they can jump through, they are also quicker to get to that human part than most other fan bases. Uh, they helped fuel that rush toward, you know, Hamler's uh, charity. The GoFundMe. Yeah, the GoFundMe to where the goal was 2500 and right now it's somewhere around $4.5 and it was one of those things where this was so serious and so frightening that people who are built to be antagonistic to each other just came together as one. I mean, that's the one inspirational thing about this. That and how the coaches stood up to the pressures of, oh, what about the game? And they pointed out quickly that, no, the, game, the game's not important now. And the, them and the fans, I think, rose up big on a, on a night where... a a very horrifying thing happened the thing that i'm
3: going to remember most will be the conclusion to damar hamlin's story no matter how it concludes what happens to him next will be what i remember the most because that's all that really matters going forward hopefully this young man has a recovery and a life And is not in a situation where he's already being kept alive, but for the grace of the machines he's attached to. And the fact that we've got very little information means that could very well be the situation. This could have as bad of an ending as people have conceived. Um, It could. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't. What I will remember... Next is I've I've never seen fear on a football field. I've never seen fear in players' eyes the way that we saw it last night. And if that didn't snap you to attention, and you talk about how the fans in attendance were very much respectful of the moment, it's because those emotions, I believe, like it, it when it's that overwhelming, it starts to flow by osmosis. And you can feel the mortality. Uh, ju- ju- just hanging in the balance. And that is why that stadium became dress right, dress proper instantly.
2: Yeah, and, but it wasn't dressed by, it was organic. It was just, this is something bad.
3: Social media, I think, helped because people could look at their phone and they could get some information. And that's, you know, where I guess you can say this is a good aspect of social media. When we look at so much of the negative aspects of it, sometimes it can be used for good. Um. Somebody says, you know, what happened to Chris Pronger many years ago is similar, and we will talk about that because it's the first thing Ray and I were started, you know, to, to talk about. Um,
2: it's it? the it's the most available comp because it was also sort of blunt force trauma only by a slap shot, and it turned out to be fortunately for him relatively benign, and by that I mean yes, he collapsed, yes, he had to be you know wheeled off the ice and sent to a hospital but he was conscious pretty quickly and he came back and played within weeks this I think is different I, and it's just it's a matter of milliseconds here's two two different things though there
3: weren't 35 million people watching n- n- 35 million people wouldn't watch that happen to Chris Pronger in the Stanley Cup Finals you know what I mean like the amount of people that were glued to that Monday night football game Dwarfs any hockey game ever, and that goes into the collective consciousness of the entire thing going down the way that it did. And I, I, pardon me if I'm wrong here, Ray. I do not remember them
2: performing CPR on Chris Pronger on the ice. No, the only comp that I'm referring to is how he became injured. Right, but I mean, but there was no, but it it was not serious right away. You didn't
3: see the actual panic in on-site EMTs, the way you saw that. Look at it this way. When doctors are running, when EMTs, when medical training
2: staffs are running, something serious is happening. Yeah, oh no, this is significantly worse than the pronger injury. But again, it's only about a similar kind of injury. It's not a similar effect. It's not similar seriousness. But it is the one thing that you can go to and say, I saw something like that happen once before. And really, if you want to get to it, the, the hit that T-, T. Higgins gave him was not an extraordinary hit. No. It, was, it simply happened at exactly the right millisecond, and I mean millisecond, where if you hit somebody right there at that particular moment when the heart is regenerating to begin another beat... That's what that's what can happen. And so it was actually an accident of timing, not a matter of the violence of football. Someone on the Xfinity mobile text line says, so
3: are you saying there were not any players or coaches that wanted to finish that game? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I don't think any players on the field wanted that game finished. I really do think that there, there is a, a gladiatorial mentality That everyone needs to just have to be a professional football player. But that mentality, I think, can be stowed in the right moment. And last night, it was certainly the right moment to stow that mentality. And we will talk much more about this and a few of the other things. Like I'll tell you, if sports can put you in a situation where you're feeling as emotional as everyone was watching that Monday night football game and as sad as everyone was, sports can also quickly puts you in a state of euphoria and the warriors game and the way that that ended was exactly the cherry on top of of last night that that sports needed because everyone was ready to go to bed feeling terrible about just what they had seen but if you watched the way that the warriors went out and played it was just it was joyous and it was thrilling and sports can be wonderful sports can be scary as hell sometimes and we got it served Both ways last night. We have an awful lot. Our only guest today is Michael Irvin. And he will be very interesting to talk to at 5 o'clock. I can promise you that. We have open lines to talk about what we saw. What you saw, how you felt as you were watching it all yesterday, I think everyone can weigh in on this. Um, Michael Irvin joins us at 5. In the meantime, it's Damon and Ratto. It's great to be with you. we got an awful lot to get into. Uh, The merch store is still open, baby. The relevant T-shirts are are officially moving at 957thegameshop.com.
0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
3: now back to damon and Ratto on 95 7 the game well we're back we're streaming on youtube you can find us there youtube.com slash 95 7 the game otis bird the third in the gang locking it down in the chat Good to have you all back. Happy New Year to everyone. What we saw last night was scary as hell. There's no way around it. And, you know, we were talking about the gladiator mentality that you have to have to be a football player sort of in the first place. You know, that applies to, well, that guy might have torn an ACL. That guy is, you know, maybe, I mean, God forbid, but, you know, has something wrong with his neck or his spine or broke a leg i mean uh, arms aren't supposed to be shaped like the letter z and god that's a terrible break and oh it's hard to look at but you got to keep forging on look never never trying to you know minimize a spinal cord situation but even in those situations it's not quite an instance of life and death there's nothing like seeing the frantic application of cpr um Ray, my wife and I were at a fish show earlier this year at Chase Center and we did not see the, the fan fall from the upper deck or leap or jump or whatever the hell happened. But what we did see was an entire section cleared out and frantic CPR and medical response. Frantic. And it, it, the the amount of that's going to change how you feel about everything around you going on that evening is 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 extreme it is it what we saw last night on a football field is different than really any other sports injury and you know someone said what about christian erickson what about hank gathers what about reggie lewis i believe that happened in practice with the celtics um you know there are moments where death has knocked on the door of sports but to see with the coverage and attention that goes into a monday night football game and the amount of people and all of this now happening in a social media era which allows us to share and allows you know people to say ridiculous things or supportive things and it last night just was officially more different than than any other night I've ever spent watching sports in, in my adult life, child life, in my entire life. That one was a one-off and hopefully will remain a one-off because one of the questions today has been, well, what can the NFL do to prevent that? The answer is truly nothing. And what you saw last night is such, you know, it, it, it's such an infinitesimal chance of happening. Football's a brutal sport. To say it is, a you know, every player takes the field knowing that they can die. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. There there, there, there are, they know that they can get hurt. They know that they could be severely hurt. They know that they could end up in the hospital for the rest of their life. But the concept of, I might die tonight, believe me, is not running through any player's mind before they take that field. Could I get severely injured, hurt, life-altering injury? Yeah, that is in the back of their minds. Will I survive the night? It's like a 100% across the board yes of any NFL players. And the amount of uh, statistical evidence of the players will survive the night is so massively overwhelming, there's almost nothing to even discuss.
2: No, the the one thing the NFL did get wrong, and I believe that they... They were in a hurry because they didn't understand what the situation was. Was I believe they told the officials to tell the coaches once the ambulance is off the field, you guys get five minutes to warm up. That is standard operating procedure. It is standard operating procedure, but that's not something you need to tell the official at that point because you haven't assessed what the issue is, except that you know that there are 30 medical people around one guy and an ambulance is on the way. And it is to the credit of the head coaches, Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, that they said, We're not we're not doing that. You know, you can't make us come out. You know, we're worried about this. This is the thing. It's not when can we start the show again? And that's the one thing the NFL got wrong. Everywhere else, I think. It is unavoidable. It, it's not unavoidable. I shouldn't. That's not the right word. It's unforeseen, and you're reacting with minimal information. So you just do nothing. You don't have to make any decisions except let's let's try to save this guy's life, and that was being done. You know, the, again, there were thirty medical people around Damar Hamlin. Uh, the ambulance was called quickly. Uh, they got him as stable as he could be. And they transported him out. All the medical things that are supposed to be done by any by any analysis now were done. So the one thing the NFL you know, of all the things the NFL didn't do badly, the two things were they want to get back to business too quickly, and they didn't provide enough information for ESPN to inform. The audience. I mean, when Christian Erickson went down at, at the UEFA uh, tournament, which is played before a far larger television audience, the information was provided quickly and comprehensively so that people knew what was going on. The NFL immediately went to, and they don't have to discuss the medical issue, that's a, that's a HIPAA violation, but they can say, we're, we're suspending this until we know more. And it might be this. It could be that.
3: It could, you know. Th- yeah. That's the thing. Speculation isn't. Um, it's. It's not a a a naive pursuit. It's. Not, you're not trying to fan the flames of false information or wrong information. You're trying to give everyone the amount of what this could be, might be. We're not reporting that this is any of this, but this is. More likely, according to medical experts, one of two or three things. So let's go to those experts and discuss what the processes would be around those two or three things. And look, I don't know if this is a a time to be painting with a big, broad brush, but I'm going to say across the board. British broadcasters are better at their job than American broadcasters. And British news people are especially better at their job than American news people. And when you're asking a sports broadcaster to slip over into the seat of a newscaster, you see how difficult it was for so many involved. You saw how difficult it was for those covering the blackout at the Super Bowl when the, the Ravens beat the Niners. Like, I, I believe John Lynch was even on the field during that. Like, he was the sideline guy. And John Lynch is a brilliant, very charismatic guy. He had no idea where to go or what to do because you have teleprompter readers and people who can stick on script. But when you have to go off script, what
2: do you do i thought Susie colbert did a pretty good job anchoring the situation with no information because she was being provided no information so she had to tap dance to no music for a long time i thought lisa salters did a very good
3: job going down getting the story talking to people and coming back and talking about it emotional or not you know people are like oh look at lisa she's doing this with so much emotion she did it with information that's what i noticed of course there's a lot of emotion in the room Um, Ryan Clark was brilliant. Ryan Clark and Scott Van Pelt did an incredible job, although they had time to collect their thoughts. Yeah. They had time to prepare for what they wanted to say. They were not reacting in real time. But this is what happens when you have a studio full of teleprompter readers being given a news story in actual real time. Susie did well. Booger McFarlane at least offered perspective of a player and a player's mentality. Adam Schefter is absolutely useless unless he's reading off of his own iPhone something that somebody else had texted him. He was terrible
2: last night. He, he, well, that, that's not what he does. And he shouldn't have been put on in that situation. He, he shouldn't have been on, what's he going to say? I mean, the, the NFL was providing no information to anybody by design. And so the information guy with no information is basically helpless. Um, I I think they were slow to try to find medical people to say, well, what could this be? You know, based on the fact that he had CPR and was defibrillated on the field, explain what that probably means without giving us a diagnosis. They didn't do that. They said, we don't want to speculate. No, you want to inform. Based on the information you've got, you don't need to say... You know, this is exactly what happened to Damar Hamlin, because you don't know, because the people in the field don't know. It's a puzzle. You're trying to piece it together. Yeah, you're, or at least you're trying to put the framework of the puzzle, and this is what you're looking at. And I think they they did not have a good night doing that, because ultimately, yeah, this is entertainment, and yeah, this is a horrible thing that's happening in real time, but it's also information that you're trying to provide, and. ESPN chose either because they were shell shocked or because they didn't want to ruin the vibe. Um, they failed to do that, and I think they 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 should feel bad about the way this came off in general. And I think the NFL should have been mindful of that because, as I say, the Christian Eriksen incident, we were getting updates pretty pretty you know pretty often without anybody saying. This is exactly what happened. You know, this is the medical condition because you can't do that. You don't know. But you knew that he collapsed. You knew that, you know, that, you know, heart specialists were on the scene. So you could, you know, at least come away from last night feeling like, well, at least we got something. The first person to give any information about Darren Hamlin's uh, condition was his marketing agent. How does that happen? You know, he tweeted out, you know, basically bare bones information. But that's not—that's not how that should be
3: done. People were asking me questions on Twitter as if you know, I'm sitting on my couch, I don't know anything. But just you know, how, how what is what is the protocol of all this? And I can tell you that I do know enough as a broadcaster because like you know, whatever little bit of training I've ever received in my career, it's simply this. You don't go talking about deaths on the air until family has been informed. There was an element of last night's broadcast that made me think maybe the worst has been learned, but the family has not yet been informed. And that's why everyone is being so evasive about really discussing here. But maybe they already know. But then I heard that his mother was with him in the ambulance. So there was yeah, no... Yeah, so that wasn't that. Yeah, it w- that wasn't that. And that alone, they should have gone forward with that information. They should have said, for those of you who thinking that we might have known something or learned something, that his mother is literally with him. So that would not be a hurdle for us to clear as a newsroom to be comfortable going forward publicly with the story. Again, it's just elements of journalism that, I'm. I, what am I? I'm a sports talk show host. It's the bottom rung of journalism. It's the lower J journalism, if there ever was one. But I feel in a moment, if I had to go capital J, I could. There were people last night who clearly couldn't. Uh, at, at, since we're talking about lower J journalists, the question has been asked here, Damon, what about Skip Bayless? He's a monorail salesman. He's an absolute monorail salesman. He's a carnival barker of the first degree. will say whatever it takes to get more people leaning in, whether it's leaning in with admiration or condemnation. That's who he is. That is his job. And I'm gonna tell you for everyone saying, he's gonna get fired tomorrow. I'm sure he got a three year extension today because in a three tweet sequence, he made over 150 million impressions. As sick as that is, that is the way this industry operates. It doesn't matter how you fan the flame. If your flame burns the brightest, you've won the day in some warped, sick way. And I do believe that Skip Bayless carefully worded what he said knowing that this is a teeter-totter of people defending it or outrage. Like, I really feel that he used a true on-field life-or-death moment for self-promotion. And if that's what it takes to be a $7 million-a-year sports talk radio host, I'm going to be fine never being that.
2: And the error, and I'm glossing over what he actually did, the error he made was not in the the spur-of-the-moment speaking on the air that was typing right that's the thing that he started with and he went immediately to well what about the game when are they going put pl- when are they going to resume the game not knowing the moment I mean a lot of people are guilty of that but he had time to compose what he wanted to say and he wanted to say that and one of the reasons he got as many impressions as he did was because the wall of condemnation, was overwhelming and i think a lot of people want to say well what the hell did he say and you found out what you know his partner shannon sharp thought about it Took you know showed off. for work today yeah i mean because at that point he, what he's saying is players are just puppets and you know shannon sharp like him or not was a player and he understood look this is this is bigger than your in your amusement This is bigger than my job. I'd rather not look at you today. And he had to craft an apology. And I don't know that he's ever done that. And even at that, it rang hollow. Because the last thing you want to do at a moment like this, when you don't know if you're looking at death or not, is to blithely go and say, say, isn't it about time for them to kick off again? I mean, it's horrifying. It is, but that's... The math that the NFL was doing. Oh yeah, well the NFL has always established that players are not important to the business. They're simply they're they're the cartoon characters that they need to trot out. And when they were in a hurry to well, when can we start this again? Yeah, that's what they do instinctively. But it was you know it t- it tells you how inhumane or inhuman this game is when there are people in a position of decision making. Who could say, "Okay, let's get this guy off the field. And let's get back to work." And again, the credit of the other of of Hamlin's teammates and the Bengals and the two coaching staffs—they just said, "We're not. We're not doing that." Sean, McCann can't make us do that.
3: Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor made the two best coaching decisions of the entire league year last night. There's, there's no like, really good play on fourth down that was a better decision than what they decided to say, we're done playing here tonight. And all you need to do is look at those players. I mean, Josh Allen, you could tell that he had pulled his head out of his hands long enough to show you how red his eyes were. How is he supposed to continue just going to the next play? There are certain times where that's it, folks. we're, we're you know the, the theater's going dark tonight. And that was the time to do it. David Schuster, who is more of a, a regional NFL guy than he is a national NFL guy. But David Schuster, based out in the Midwest, said, based on a variety of reports, the NFL did not make the decision to suspend the Bengals-Bills game. Rather, players, captains, and coaches from both teams who had witnessed what uh, Bill safety DeMar Hamlin had gone through, getting CPR for over eight minutes, they said that they would not continue the game. I do believe it was the NFL's intent to continue that game, and the players said, we will not. And I do believe the NFL got so once bitten, twice shy from that, they've yet to reschedule this game or figure out even a solution around how this game might be solved because they know that even going forward, with what is a line of thinking? Because let's be, let's be totally honest. Everyone get out of your feelings for a second. There is nothing that's going to happen on any playing field in America going forward that will affect the condition of DeMar Hamlin. But what goes on forward and the condition that his teammates are in going forward is something that the NFL is considering today. If not performatively,
2: maybe they really even are. Maybe some of them got religion, but when Troy Vincent... Did that presser last night and said we never told anybody that when we were going to resume the game. I believe that to be a lie. I do too. Um, I think they didn't realize how serious this was, so they just went right into business mode. Too many people reported the five-minute warm-up period, and we know that that's the official standard protocol. And and he didn't make that up out of whole cloth. Somebody told him that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And the fact is, the NFL was so horrified by the notion that Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor were basically going to captain a mutiny. That's when they backed off. Um, you know, The players absolutely should never have considered going back. And again, it's it's absolutely to their credit that they would not have gone. And I think the NFL has finally decided they're not going to reschedule this game. It's going to be no game. Because the truth is, there's no place to put it Logistically, without disadvantaging both teams, and two, who gets the buy and who doesn't, is is not only irrelevant in this context; it's irrelevant in any context. You know, if if Cincinnati fans feel aggrieved that they don't get a chance to tie, you know, that their team doesn't get a chance to tie the Bills, okay, get over it. You have to play an extra game. You know. DeMar Hamlin's fighting for his life. Nobody cares about your extra game.
3: Here's the thing. If you have to have conclusion, if you need a winner, a loser, flip a coin. Everyone agrees we're just going to obey the coin and do that. If that's what need be done. Let's see how things come out in the wash in week 18 and maybe it won't even be
2: necessary. But it it doesn't matter. Whether you need to flip a coin or not. I mean, just it's, you know... They have tiebreakers. They, they've, already, they've, they've already got solutions to all of that. And worrying about, well, what happens if they're tied? Well, they played one less game than everybody else. Happens all the time. And people come up with a champion anyway.
3: Uh, someone from the
2: 707
3: on the Xfinity mobile text line says, Damon, I remember you saying a few years ago, we'll take someone dying on the field for the NFL to take player safety seriously. Do you think this changes how the NFL approaches player safety? I do not. I, I don't. Because I actually think that the NFL is almost relieved that this has gone down the way that it's actually gone down. And it was a completely routine happens in high school football practices level hit that caused this. It wasn't an extraordinary event that put the players' safety in harm's way. It was just an unfortunate, you know, one bullet fired on one end of the universe striking another bullet fired from the other end of the universe, infinitesimal chance of ever happening. It's never happened before it. And it's, you know, safe to conclude that it'll probably never happen again in any of our lifetimes. Or it could happen tomorrow. That's the thing about random events and occurrences. I mean, things are called accidents because that is what happened. It was an accident. No one could have foreseen this. No one could have planned for this. I don't know if it was some sort of, uh, uh, you know, someone asked today, should the NFL go ahead and give every single player in the league like the equivalent of an echogram or whatever it takes to, you know, check everyone's heart? And to me, I feel that, you know, hey, it certainly wouldn't hurt anybody if they did that but that it would also be an extreme overreaction these are the highest tuned sports cars in the world of you know physical attributes and most of them just being able to put on the uniform prove conclusively how incredibly in great shape they are so this is one of those just crazy crazy random, Hope it never happens again occurrences. And I don't think it goes about changing NFL protocol
2: or safety or concern or anything. No, and also players when they get their exams every year, they go through all of that. You know, if do you want to give them another round? Sure. But if what people think happened last night did in fact happen, it literally is a matter of milliseconds between a benign, a relatively benign hit in a football game, and what we have today, which is Demar Hamlin fighting for his life. Um, it's yeah. Should, do you want to give everybody an ec- ec- cardiogram? Sure. Knock yourself out. Sure. Go get one. Yeah. No, there's not. No, there's nothing wrong with extra caution. And, but you know, this was by all means the smallest of accidents, which has had catastrophic effects. When we come on back,
3: other things in sports certainly happened in the week that we were off. We will get into those as well. A couple of calls. We'll wrap this up as best we can and get back into it with Michael Irvin when he joins us at 5 o'clock today. So stick around. Much more on the way here on Damon and Ratto. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. And rattle on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, the Warriors are coming back tomorrow at Chase Center. Detroit Pistons, presented by AMPM. First ten thousand fans receiving Andrew Wiggins posterized bobblehead. Um, they sent us a few today. I've even been told here, pick it up and show it. I, it's in the other room, so we'll have to do it later. I'm not here's the thing I'm not unpacking my bobblehead until I get home baby. I'm not going to have it bobble and break. Ray, where's your bobblehead? Did you get one too? No, I didn't. Do you want one? I'll give it to my kid. There you go. Oh, here comes Mark Randy. Like Vanna White to turn the letters and show us what's what. What do we got there? Here it is. Well, here's the box. Here's the box. They probably want to <laughs> see the bobblehead. Did you just stare itself. at
2: yourself in the screen?
3: Yeah, Grandy, get in here. Get a little FaceTime, Grandy. Show everyone I how he I wanted hands- to make sure that we were seeing it on YouTube. There we you go. He's you just- lingered. He's just looking at himself. God. <laughs> you contemptible narcissist. Let's have a look. Oh, I got to take it out of the bag, too. That's, uh, yeah, that's Andrew Wiggins. Actually, you know what? The front leg was more kicked out. It looked like he finished kicking Luca when he yammed on him so hard. Well, then it doesn't float. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good bobblehead, dog I'll give him that. And it actually looks a little bit like Wiggins, which in the world of bobbleheads is a win right away. There you go.
2: Oh, bobblehead technology has improved rapidly. So. It really
3: has. I, I like a good bobblehead. It's my favorite sports novelty giveaway. That's for sure. There
2: we go. Styrofoamed back up and secured. Now you just have to figure it out, how to jam it back in the box. And that'll take it. 20 minutes. And
3: I'll figure it out. Um, that'll, that'll be during a commercial
2: break. But
3: look, we can't sit around talking about something that was, uh, you know, who, who knows if it's a tragedy or not. It certainly felt tragic. It was the scariest thing we have seen in sports, a lot of us collectively in our lifetimes. And people are saying like, you know, Damon, this has happened
2: before. This happened to a high school football player a few years ago. It, it, it happens to any number of high school football players any year because we don't pay attention to the fact that there there are several high school football deaths every year normally of heat exhaustion though well it's, i don't I, I don't have the stats on that but you know but it, it no
3: look it here i the, the difference is is that of course is a, a tragedy and everyone at that game probably will have it haunt them the rest of their lives um millions upon millions upon millions of people were not tuned in and that's a difference collective consciousness is a difference and so uh look it it it, what we saw was such a one-off like to me it's you know i've always said that the nfl is it's a rough business and it's so rough. I, I, Ray, there's not a lot of times I've ever been pulled into a program director's office to talk about the content of a particular show. And it wasn't even this guy. It wasn't even the Hagan. wasn't even here at 95.7 The Game. When I was years ago going on a rant about how the NFL is just there for the money, I said something to the equivalent of, you know, if the NFL could actually profit off of breast cancer, they wouldn't be like doing a pink initiative to, to stamp it out. If the NFL could actually profit from disrespecting the military instead of going through their whole you know dog and pony show of honoring the military, uh, they would do that. If the NFL was guaranteed a billion dollars for flying a plane full of fans into the side of a mountain, planes would be going into mountains. I mean, that's just, this is a league that is built to make money at the expense of anyone involved. Someone was like, do you really feel that way? I was like, yeah, I said that because I really feel that way. And you should feel that way too because that's what you're doing. That's what you're covering. Like, don't you get that? That's what this is. This is rough, rough business cutthroat at the billion-dollar level, which is enough amount of money to get a lot of people thinking like, how many lives might you sacrifice for that pile of money? I would like to think that the vast, vast, vast majority of all of us, it's zero. (laughs) Zero lives are worth that. But that's not how all of us think. And that's not how the NFL sees it. And Roger Goodell, when he was sitting there looking at that game last night, I'm telling you, he was as concerned about the game as he was the injury. As concerned before we demonize him that's his job that's his job it's a job that pays him the kind of money to be the soulless person that it takes to be that soulless person to to make that decision show business show must go on it is rare the show gets canceled incredibly rare. It almost never, ever happens. It certainly never happened quite that way in a football game, and it was the players and the coaches themselves that made that choice, not the league. So that's
2: all you need to know. you got to compartmentalize things to like this sport. Oh, you you have to compartmentalize things to like nearly any sport when you get right down to it. Yeah. But, no, this was another reminder that... The real power in any form of entertainment is the entertainer. Because without them, you don't have anything. And the players last night and the coaches, and again, the coaches, their instinct is, well, you know, we got to, you know, next man up, let's go. For them to just say, nah, this is a human thing, this is not about the job. And for them to basically just say, we're worried about. Damar Hamlin I don't want to run a pattern I don't want to call play I don't want to decide whether to punt on 4th and 6th that's not I'm not interested in that right now and it's they can't be complimented enough for doing what I think they would all agree is well that's just the normal thing but that's how sports does this when people are normal and human and decent that's unusual because the sausage must be made and the grinder must be turned. And so last night, as awful as it was, was also kind of inspirational for a number of reasons. And one of them was the players saying, no, we're not just puppets that you can turn into sawdust so you can get more wood to make more puppets. The only other thing, That is maybe even,
3: you know, commiserate to, well, the players canceled this game tonight, was when the Milwaukee Bucks refused to play in the bubble. Remember that?
2: Yeah. And there were people who thought that, how dare you put politics on Shut up. Just shut up. You know, they're the ones who get to decide. And there are too many times when they've gone along with awful situations delivered to them by their employers. So, you know, there are times, and they, they buy into it, yes they do, but there are times when that's a bridge too far, and last night was one of those, and again, credit to them for standing up to the notion that, oh, the game must go on, of course the game must go on, the, the schedule is sacrosanct, no it's not, we've seen the schedule is not sacrosanct, we've seen it over and over again, we saw it in COVID, we've seen it in player lockouts, games are games are fungible. Human lives are not right.
3: There's never a moment where a league wouldn't cancel a game if it were the, uh, I guess the way be, if it were the negotiating tactic it needed at the time. They would of course do it. No, you know what they have? Yeah, <laughs> uh, many times. Uh, from the six five zero, Damon. I know it's not competitive sports, but Owen Hart died in 1999 during a live pay per view, and Vince McMahon didn't cancel the show. Well, you know, when someone tells you who they really are, believe them. And if you needed any more evidence than Vince McMahon is about as unsavory and as awful a guy he's ever, you know, been given standing ovations in stadiums, he's that guy. Vince McMahon, he exited stage left right before a mountain of sexual harassment charges are coming down on, you know, the WWE. He'll be there, whatever. Yeah, of course he will, because he's a narcissist and he needs the applause. Yeah. But,
2: and there will be those to give it to him. But the you know, the other wrestlers would have been the ones to cancel that card because Vince McMahon wouldn't have cared. The fact is, nobody cared until the players and coaches stood up and said, it's not important tonight. It's not important, and we're not doing it. And they're to be applauded, period. Somebody said, Damon,
3: you're saying commensurate. It's commensurate. You're right about that. We will correct live in real time. That's what we do. How do you change the subject from something so important as an actual life and death situation, as we all sort of watched it unfold, to something as nonsensical as, "Man, that sports was fun." Well, you do it with a montage. Here we go.
1: Corner three is on the way. No good. Pool runs down the rebound. Pool forces up a three. It's blocked. Tipped out. DiVincenzo grabs it in rhythm. Buried it. Point six. He tied it. The- Thompson pumping, takes a shot in the corner, it's good! By Thompson with a three off of one foot, has tied the game at 126. Leads in, pass blocked away by DiVincenzo Lamb, to Dante, three on two, Dante comes middle. left corner to pool. fires away, the new Millennium fast break, leads to a three point shot, Clay with a dribble. 17 on the clock. One-on-one with Holiday. Clay goes to work. Backs up. Takes a three off the dribble. Knocks it down. Clay Thompson's giving the Warriors a two-point lead. Thompson the catch. Shows the ball to Murray. Dribble drive. Clay slows down. Handoff. Lammy fumbled the pass. Throws it out to Draymond for three. Good. Improbable. Incredible. And the Warriors lead by five. Handoff Thompson. Takes a three on the way. No good. Looney with a tip. No good. Tipped up. At the buzzer! That- Kavon Looney! Kavon Looney kicked it in! A scramble at the rim! The Warriors celebrate jumping up and down, bombing number five at midcourt. What a way to bring in the new year!
3: I mean, I don't know, and by the way, Tim Roy, you're very good at your job. Let me welcome everyone quickly to your four o'clock hour
0: odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand